This is Coda Radio, episode 150, for April 20th, 2015. Welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. To tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining us every single week is our excellent host, who is, at least this week, established on the East Coast. Why, yes, it's Mr. Michael Dominic. Hey there, Michael. Misa here? No, that's not Me- Michael. No, that's not what he sounds like. He doesn't sound like freaking Jar Jar Binks. Dang, I, I, I'm already on the bell. I'm already on the bell. Moving that way What's the use of saying? I'm saying get Jar Jar out of here. I got a show to do. Every, oh, time, every time Jar Jar's on, the ratings drop. You know, right there on the top of the show, you, you just, oh, man, they're going to, what if people thought? What if this is the first episode? That they, okay, wait a minute. Jar Jar is, is an essential character no, to the show. No, no, you see, look, listen. I don't care. I know you're good friends with George Lucas, and I know that's a secret that we haven't shared with the audience for 150 weeks. But I, I got to put it out there now, and I got to tell you, don't listen to George. Well, let me tell you. you did you uh, read the article on that Darth Maul game, the really awesome-looking one they were going to make? Yeah, sure, probably. So I was uh, having you know a cigar with George Lucas. We call them fatties. As you do. As we do. And I said, George, this game's too good, and uh, it, frankly, it doesn't feature Jar Jar. Right. So I think we got to kill it right. and bankrupt the studio working on it. What yeah. do you think? Well, and if like, I, of course. If I recall, it's so funny because this I, – I remember when you told me about this and I thought, man, this reminds me about the time you were hanging out with the guys at Atari and, mm. and giving them ideas on that E.T. game. And I thought, this, that's not, almost the same story all over again, only – You know what? Play it and then judge me. Yeah, I agree if you can go dig it up. Hey, so uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, this is the last time I'll ever talk to you again over Skype. No, actually, it's not true at all. I, We're having a divorce. <laughs> yeah. did you have, speaking of divorce, did you have a good weekend? I did. I, it was uh, my wedding anniversary in the city of Baltimore, oh. which I've never been to before. How is Baltimore? Baltimore is like Mecca for me. There is lots of beer and lots of food. I've heard it's horrible. Shifts. I heard it's really horrible. <laughs> really? You heard that? <laughs> no, I haven't yeah. heard that. I heard that like Washington State as a whole. I'm is sorry, just what? Awful. No, I'm sorry, what? No, no. As long as you pay all your taxes, you're fine. Well, that's not a. I'm, they give out I'm, free weed if you pay your gas taxes here. So, you know, I, I kind of believe that actually. Listen, which reminds me, so when I come to the airport, you're not picking me up, right? You stoner <laughs> bastard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Someone sober is going to. Okay. Good. Well, no, there's nobody sober in the state. Um, uh, yeah. No, but we can have somebody come in from maybe Oregon. Uh, no, that's not going to be any good. Idaho, but over there it's meth. So you can take we, your. Can pick. we get a nice Canadian to come get me? Yeah, the Canadian. We should be in town. He's usually sober as a stone too. So you should be yeah, all right. He's, he's a pretty straight edge guy. So you're in Maryland, huh? I, I was in Maryland. I, I just got back to the great state of New Jersey. You know, where they kill us if we don't say that. You know, uh, the uh, it's the 26th most populous city in the country. Baltimore is. Did you know that? I, I can see why they have lots of food. Yeah, average hotel runs you about one hundred and sixty dollars there. But if you want a really nice yep. one, it's five forty, like a really really nice one. Oh yeah, no, nowhere yeah. for that. No, no, no. So did you guys, so you guys, you and the wife just went over and celebrated the anniversary, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, a nice uh, oh, short man. weekend. Yeah, it's so nice when you don't have kids. God, I'm so jealous of you. 
Oh, hey, man. The listen, I, listen. The, the idea where I would just open. go stay in a hotel over the weekend. <laughs> Send me your kids. I'll put them to work. Oh, that's not a bad idea. You know, everybody needs to learn how to code, I'm told. We need STEM. Yeah, we need STEM. And, and let's be honest. Anybody could write VB, so, I mean... <clears throat> Well, I'm glad you spent a little time uh, with the lady because uh, uh, she, is she coming with you out to Linux Fest? She is not. She's yeah. minding the store while I'm gone. That's she, what I figured. A, you know, she's one of those. She, I, I shouldn't say it, but she used to work for Microsoft. She's, she's a bit of a, oh, how do we say, lame fuddy-duddy. Ooh, ouch. Yikes. Yeah. No, I think this is a good one to maneuver. So you get the wife time in on the anniversary last weekend. And then this, this coming weekend, you're going to be joining us at Linux Fest Northwest. April 25th and 26th, Mr. Dominic will be here in studio. The following Coda Radio will be doing two Coda Radios. So totally send in lots of your feedback and join us in the chat room for a double Coda Radio with Mr. Dominic in studio. And, and I intend to heckle all of the presenters. So right. it's, it's going to be a challenge because right. some of them are at the same time. Yes. But I'm going to find a way. I, if you could somehow, what I would do is I would just lump the BSD guys together, right? Oh, so you no. could do Chris Moore and Alan Jude, just put them together in like a, just like a category. That's what I do. And then, uh, I don't know, like, you could just pick other things about Noah, like, just pick out something Wait. about Noah and just, Wait, I'm, just I'm go sorry. for it. They're letting the BSD guys in the door, it seems. This is, see, we will look back at this time, and people will play this clip right here. So mark it down, go to Radio 150, where Mr. Dominic, years before it happened, called it. But this is a horrible, horrible idea. They come in with these Trojan horse horns that they give out to all the Linux users, and yep. before you know it, you have an entire Linux conference walking around looking like a bunch of BSD mascots. Like they're, you know, they're they're just kind of whispering. Fetifest. Yeah, it happens right. everywhere they go, and you know what the other, you know what the worst part is? They're all super nice and like oh, reason- yeah. yeah, and like reasonable to have conversations with and stuff. So like they constantly are convincing you to try. It's horrible. It's horrible. So it's 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 absolutely. They're polite. They bring like swag. They show off hardware. Um, they talk about their file system. That's amazing. It's it's super super frustrating and uh, it's egregious and completely inappropriate. And Linux guys would never stoop to that level. Now, having said that, I would love a new laptop, and I am very much for sale. I am an Apple developer, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. My lack of scruples is, is a feature, not a bug. So uh, what, what, what manner of beastie smartphone are you uh, rolling with these days? Are you pre- I'm, I'm rolling the I, – I, you know, I was going to go for a Patrick Swayze joke, but I'm just going to let it go. The I, you're going to go uh, with one of the iDevices, huh? Okay. Uh, well, I'm rolling the iPhone 6. Okay, all right. Because, because all right. I'm, I'm – Are you in the IRC today? Yeah, you're in the IRC today. I am. Right? I am. Yeah. All right, I'm going to link you. So uh, I already told you about this, but uh, we're all going to be up on using uh, Telegram probably to communicate while we're at the uh, at the events and stuff. So when you land and stuff like that, we're all on there. We've already got groups going and stuff. So like when you want to be like we've already got we've already got people in there chatting about like flight info and things like that. So you can grab that Telegram app and then I think it'll tell me you, I don't know how that so works. So I was going to assume the person picking me up was just the guy with the biggest beard. Was that, that uh, we don't actually let Rikai drive. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, well, it's pretty rare not? he leaves the studio. Um I'm not so sure. So I've never done a show without Rikai. Well, that's not true. But the the beard apocalypse week was a rough week. I mean, so you saw what happened when he leaves the studio. Yeah. So essentially, uh, I I have uh, I have convinced him to uh, never leave. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. So what if I broke into the studio and rescued Rikai? Operation Rikai Freedom. See, I uh, I'm a little insulted right now. I, oh. uh, you know, Mr. Dominic, uh, you know. Well, you know what really grinds my gears, Mr. Dominic? You know what? You know what really grinds my gears? The poor video effects on Linux. Wow. 
<laughs> Sorry. Yes, but that's a separate topic. You, you see, you don't give me enough credit. You all see, right, Mr. all right. You don't give me enough. You don't, you don't give. Uh, you don't understand how I roll. I make him want to stay here. He wants to be trapped oh. in here. I've convinced him to stay. So you're you're like the guy giving you know drugs to little kids outside the school, basically. So you could ask him to leave, and he's not even gonna do it. That's not good. No, actually, Rikai. he just prefers. He just you know what? No, don't judge. I don't even know why we're talking about this. Rikai, I'm coming. All right, you come rescue him, and I want you to take him out. And I want you to get him drunk, but do not hurt that beard. That is that is our good luck charm. And if anything happens to that, I might take I might go off the air for a week. So as long as you take him out and don't harm the beard, I'll allow it. What if I shaved his beard and like we painted his face orange? Um, only if only if I can wear it after you. Just so make cut it so that way I can wear it. So I can wear like Rika's beard. I, you know, I think we have a great startup idea here. <laughs> I think this just got weird. I think we should move to another topic. We should just move, we should just yeah. move right along, yeah, I think. Is, yeah. This is, yeah, this is not good. All right, so go get Telegram. I linked it in the chat room. Install that crap so that way uh, we can find you and talk to you and stuff like that. Uh, right. I know we have a topic to get to today. So uh, why don't we just take a moment and uh, we'll thank our first sponsor this week because something really major happened uh, since we last gathered here today at the Coda Radio Program. And that's our friends over at Linux Academy. They had a huge, huge, huge update. So here, everybody get started. Go to linuxacademy.coders, linuxacademy.com slash coders. Chat room, go there right now, too, if you haven't been there, and go check them out, linuxacademy.com slash coders. Land there, so that way you get the Coder Radio discount if you decide to move forward. So for a little while now, I've been telling you they've had a big content update coming on April 16th. Well, April 16th arrived, and I'm still processing. I just got the email this morning uh, on a recap of some of the amazing things that they have done. I'm, I'm really kind of blown away. They had a huge live show last Thursday. They gave away a ton of swag, uh, answered questions, and announced a lot of new features. Uh, so a cu- kind of a summary of what they announced is they have new, course, uh, new courses in-depth with uh, start-to-finish training, not just simple how-tos, but really to provide training, but also content that is relevant to the task that you're going to face in your everyday work. So Linux Academy has courseware that is super relevant to our audience. They have the best people to design this stuff because they're truly passionate about the content. So that means it's really created by people that are... Like, for example, only people who really care about Linux and Linux enthusiasts are going to design a system where there's seven-plus Linux distributions you get to choose from. The courseware and the virtual machines all automatically adjust to match that courseware. Like, who else is going to do that kind of thing except for people that are genuine, genuine enthusiasts? And this is something kind of neat. This is a great idea. They're introducing also another feature on the other end. So they have, like, the really in-depth stuff where you're going to walk away and have actually an idea of how to face task in your everyday-to-day work. I love that in-depth kind of style because it gives you that confidence. But on the other end of the spectrum, they're also introducing something called Nuggets. Nuggets are now available in, a, in the top navigation area when you log in over at Linux Academy. These are standalone video how-tos that don't belong necessarily in a full course because they don't necessarily, like, follow a specific training path. But they're everyday tasks that you might encounter on a regular basis as an engineer. So this is sort of like, go here, you can even repeat these nuggets from time to time and help you get more familiar, familiar with these tasks, stuff you might be able to relate to. Uh, it's not required content in any of the courseware. It's just an additional great content now available over at Linux Academies. Also, they've introduced profiles, you know, so this is really cool when you factor in the fact that you get achievements and things like that. I want you to read more about that on their website and the Founders Club, more information on their website on that as well. Uh, so you're going to get like early content access and stuff like that. It's really cool. And they've also started a grant. Yeah. The Linux Academy Foundation Open Source Grant Program. Any open source, logic, uh, any open source license project can apply for this grant through Linux Academy. They're going to have a page up, and I'm going to tell you more about that very soon. 
but they're going to they're going to be looking for applications from open source projects to receive either part or all of a $5,000 grant from Linux Academy. They want to better the community and they're excited to have the help of the Founders Club and the members and, uh, and funds they've raised to do this. And again, I go back to the people that are genuinely enthusiastic and passionate about this content. And now they're going to help some projects out there get a little extra funding. Go to linuxacademy.com/coder. linuxacademy.com Go check them out. They're really great. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. Get our special Coder Radio discount. That's Coder Radio. Uh, and also supports the Coder Radio program. So that way you can kind of say, hey, thanks for sponsoring Coder Radio. Thanks for keeping them going. And you get the discount. You can check out all the content, all the new stuff they're adding. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. And a congratulations to Linux Academy for the huge content update. Wow, you guys. All right, take a breather. Enjoy the weekend. It's getting real nice out, Linux Academy. It's just That's amazing. You guys are just uh, kicking butt over there all right mr dominic now uh, would you like to jump into your topic or would you like to warm up with a little feedback i say it's dominic's choice Ooh, that sounds incredible um hmm. mm-hmm. I let know. me jump into my topics i think my topic could be a uh, conversation starter and if the chat room jumps in we'll you know totally try to hear him out okay i love it so, Chris, I've been uh, thinking of uh, making a change, you know, one of those operations you see about on the Bravo Network. Um, um, uh, yes, I do re- know what you're referring to, but I don't think that's the actual change you're talking about. Uh, you alluded to it a couple weeks ago that I might be, you know, switching the gears a little bit. And I'm exploring opportunities, you know, getting a J-O-B job, where I was kind of am. You know, just kind of poking my head up above the sand like an ostrich. Saying maybe enough with the rat race of contracting, maybe going for a 9-to-5 kind of thing. Yeah, you know what the best thing about clients is? When they pay you. I was going to say when, they're, when you don't have them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know the worst thing about clients is What's they that? sometimes don't pay you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's – I've been exploring. Not, not necessarily, you know, for sure or not necessarily whatever, right? It's, it's kind, of a, kind of an expeditionary force, you could say. And wow, people are crazy now. I haven't done this in years. Oh, what do you mean? And the world has changed. I feel like uh, I feel like Frodo coming out of the Shire, and everything's gone down to shit. Like everything is crazy. Yeah, I. You know what? I have had that same sensation when I when I was uh, working with my buddy Chase to help, to look for a job, and just like they want everything under the sun too. And well, so so I, I have turned down three very well paying offers. Would you like to know why? Yeah. You want to do them in order? Offer number one, the guy gives me the offer and brags about how they often never get out of the office till 11, 1130 at night. Oh. Gone. Um, offer number two was, and we're hoping to get more funding soon. Oh. Gone. Offer number three was actually the least painful, but the most awful process I've ever gone through yeah. to get any work in yeah. my life. It was, it, it was, you know, I went through it just because I, I'm kind of trying to see, is it just me or am I, you know, it, the questions people are asking have nothing to do with anything. Um, like, the, like these weird brain teasers and you finally get the job, you finally get the offer, but it's like, dude, you're such a dick. Like, why would I ever want to work here? Yeah. You worry, like, what does that mean? Like the job would be, what, how does that reflect on the culture? Well, I'm always thinking like, so if this is how obnoxious you are interviewing, what happens if I get, like, a stomach flu, right? Like, I'm thinking, like, the, the very mundane, you're not a robot kind of problems you could have. You know, you need to call in sick or whatever. 
and the, we're, to be clear, we're not talking Microsoft, Apple, Google, any of those guys here. We're talking uh, significantly smaller, basically high risk. You're crazy if you take these job startups. So I was kind of wanting to take the temperature, you know, put the uh, thermometer in the butt of the audience a little bit. Sure, yeah. Is this normal now? Because, like, having been on the other side of the table, I never put people through these kind of things. And not all of them did. But it, it seems like there's a whole, there's a whole, like, culture of paranoia. I was wondering, too, if it's like, uh, if the interview isn't, like, you almost, like, it's part of the show. How rigorous the interview right. is is almost part of the show. And, you know, the last one, I kind of felt like they were trying to show me that it it was you know, not going to be like a big fish, little pond kind of thing, which I never thought going in, right? I'm not, I'm not a, you know, dick, basically. See, spin in the chat room says it's an East Coast thing. Maybe it is. I mean, because I, yeah, I'm on the East Coast. I don't know. I was interviewed by Google, and okay. I, I was put off by all the stupid, dumb questions that they, I, uh, that I felt. So it was for a sysadmin position at Google many years ago. Right. And uh, it was, the whole interview was nothing but a series of mind game questions. And... I'm not particularly good when put on the spot with those kinds of things. And so I kind of, I think it sort of put me on the defensive a little bit, but I, I handled the interview fine. But afterwards, when I was done, I thought, I didn't like the way that felt. Like it was almost, it almost was like, let's not care about what he can do and what his experience has been. And let's just come up with a th- something we think is really clever and see right. if he thinks it's really clever and is as clever as we are. Or I don't know exactly right. the mind. It's almost like, it's almost like, look at this ingenious thing that we've come up with that we are now going to subject you to. Look how clever we are. So one, of, one question that really, really put me off was, this is interviewing for an iOS developer job. Keep that in mind, right? It's like lead iOS or whatever. How do you reverse a linked list? And I give an answer, and then I follow it up. By the way, there are no linked lists in iOS. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm just – I definitely got the feeling that like that person in particular was trying to – you know, show show off a little bit. And yeah. I, I have a, like a, you know, I on the train back. I'm thinking, what is going on here? Is this some weird like salary negotiation tactic where they try to make you feel like you could learn something there so that you'll be more willing to? Yeah, Alex Bell, and up, you know what? No, when I was done, when I was done, I had this feeling. What Alex Bell just says in the chat room, he says, part of it is the elitist Stanford grads giving you the one of us questions, and that's exactly what it felt like. And I sat back and I thought. I think what they're trying to do is determine my ability to problem solve. But the problem was I was so distracted by this sort of unorthodox line of questioning, especially for like, you know, seven, eight years ago. And I was so perplexed by this unorthodox and how it felt like it doesn't reflect on my abilities at all. And how I felt sort of disadvantaged by all of a sudden I've been giving this question that doesn't allow me to actually express what my capabilities are, even in like in how I can communicate very well, like in different like, like it just is like it's. I was so off-put and distracted by all of that that very little of my actual attention was on solving the problem. Well, part of it was like, it felt like pub trivia, but a lot of it wasn't relevant. <laughs> like a lot of it was, um, you know, I got the classic wire man hole covers around, right? By the way, if anybody asks you that question, the correct answers are because a circle won't fall into itself, but also thank you for your time while I'm no longer interested. Uh, why... I, mean, it, it, the, I guess it's what I'm asking. Is it me, Chris? Am I, am I too – have I been out of it too long, right? Like 
I don't know. I look at the chat room and it's interesting. So, uh, so one, and it's possible, Day420 says, uh, it's a test of emotional sensitivity. How do I react under pressure? But J.B. Hawk of Truth says it's silly because you wouldn't do this to a lawyer or an animator. And that I completely agree with. You know, that's a great point, right? If you're interviewing an attorney, you would ask them about cases they've tried or settlements they've reached if, if they can discuss it, which is kind of what I expected, right? I kind of expected to talk about projects I've done. And like the technical details of those, and I'm walking through how I solve the problem, maybe getting, you know, maybe getting questioned on my solution and maybe pointing out flaws in it, but not random crap. And I think, you know, Jacob has a point. Maybe they're trying to, or was it Jacob? Yeah, Jacob. Maybe they're trying to, you know, needle you a little bit to see if you'll get annoyed. Yeah, and that's what I was, and so I did stay, because that crossed my mind, but see, even that now is running through my head. Is this a test of, is, is how I handle the test a test? Like, that's a double-layered extraction of, 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 of distraction now. Double-layer right, extraction here, of distraction. Here's the problem. So if you annoy someone, then give them an offer, because you're super excited that you, you know, you'd be able to land them. And then they decline the offer, because they don't want to work with the guy who harassed them for two and a half hours. You've wasted everybody's time, Right. I, I, I can't, you know, I mean, maybe I'm too touchy-feely, but I would not want to work in an environment where the guy sitting next to me is going to be like, are you sure you want to do it that way? Which is kind of what it feels like. Hmm, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, especially if it's anything creative. Yeah. So uh, the, here's also, I think, another contributor to this. And a part of it is, so I think we've kind of focused on the, the probably the most negative, likely, reason people do this another reason is and we've lamented about this on the show is you have these people that are doing these interviews they're not qualified to just to, to, to choose which candidate should come in and when they should move on to the next level it's just not and and they could be not qualified in the technical sense they could be not qualified in the communication skill sense or in the position sense like there's so many things that can disqualify these people that are interviewing candidates that as a corporation your solution to this is to create a regime standardized way to conduct these interviews that way you can slot these slobs in and out as they leave and they don't care about them you just here's your script follow this these are the questions we ask you don't need to worry about individual thought and ask these questions, and that standardizes the whole process and means that anybody can ask these questions, and you see how they do because the answer is always the same. Well, it, it, it's, you know, and, and I want to make sure I'm not overstating my argument here. I'm not saying that a couple screening questions are bad. No, yeah. But I'm just saying if you're talking to someone who you do your screening questions, and then you're talking to someone who obviously has projects that they've obviously done and can prove that they did, right? Wouldn't that be a more productive conversation to know how they think? Yeah. Um, maybe. I. I try. So, so here's what I heard from people because I did ask one guy. Um, you know, well, let me ask you this because it, it wasn't a good fit. And I said, "Well, why do you do this?" He claimed, which you know, I find it very, very hard to believe, but he claimed that there are lots of people that recruiters will send them that straight up lie or the recruiter straight up makes stuff yeah, up. Yeah, so I was going to play a little devil's advocate here and I was just right. going to say, well, and it's not just that. So you have to kind of weed out just sort of the total duds. But also, as a business owner, I consider like one of the most risky and expensive things I could possibly do is hire somebody. And so uh, to me, I've got to make sure that when I'm making that investment in a person – it's not just because they know how to do the job I need done today. 
I need to know that in two to three years, as the job changes, they will have the skill set to adapt and problem solve to the new job as that job evolves, i.e., I need to know I can make an investment in them. And so in this very awkward, limited, forced mechanism of determining if I want to invest a very critical part of my business into this person, I have got to be able to determine if they have the capability to properly problem solve troubles that I believe to relate to the relative complexity of problems they might encounter in the job they'd be going for. Ergo, let me ask them this really off-the-wall question, even though it has familiarity and and complexity to a, a problem they might hit on the job. That's probably the business reason for it, right? I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm trying because, you know, I've been on both sides of the table. And for junior people, we did FISBUS, right? We actually made them take a test. Yeah. Which I even felt a little uncomfortable about. But it, things were getting just too painful not to do that. So you went to FISBUS. Right. So I, I went to FISBUS. But if you passed FISBUS, we'd talk about the things you'd worked on in school or whatever. And it would take a much more kind of, you know, not crazy, disrespectful yeah. tone. Right, and, and I, I would go back to, because my counter-argument, my devil's advocate argument that I just made is, well, show me the GitHub page, and I, I right. can probably get a pretty good idea of what kind of problem-solving you've done. Like, if I were to continue doing this, I think I would, you know, in a cover letter, just show a bunch of code, a bunch of open source, and hopefully just short-circuit that whole process. Yeah. Because here's the other thing. Like, <laughs> I had one company email me back a quiz, and they refused to, like, tell me what the company was. So I just replied, thank you, but, you know... It's not really a great use of my time if I can't yeah. even see if it's something I want to pursue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. That always feels really weird when they try to hide that information from you. Right, like, oh, we're a stealth startup. That's nice. Yeah, I've got a large software maker in your area that's very interested in hiring right. you. They're asking me not to share the name right now, uh, but you've probably heard of them. Um, and then, so, I'm, of course, what do I start thinking of? So if I'm in, the, if I'm in my area, Amazon, Adobe, and Microsoft right. so, come to mind. Sure. And then, sure. and then, of course, it's not any of them at all, ever. It's some Bothell-based, small little company that I've never heard of. Uh, and it's just like, start, that kind of stuff drove me nuts. That was one of the things that got me out of trying to get a gerb-gerb completely. And, and maybe it's recruiters, right? Maybe yes. recruiters yes. are the... Are the, are the, the leeches? Right, the leeches or the, or the fly in the ointment here. Because, you know, you know, I have a buddy who was interviewing for jobs, and the recruiters can be pretty aggressive about pushing you on a, on a company, right? Yeah. And they might do some things that are less than... Why hasn't this been, quote-unquote, disrupted? Why isn't there a Tinder for jobs? Like, why is this not better? Well, shouldn't GitHub just be that? Like, shouldn't it be like, oh, this guy applied for a job. Let me check his GitHub page. Oh, he has some open source code here. Okay, he's obviously not lying, so we can do a normal, you know... Hey, are you are you a cultural fit? Are you an axe murderer? There have been yeah. there have been there have been times where if I if I had more free time, I've thought I should just launch a Jupiter Broadcasting job board because then at least like there's some bar because you're you're the right. bar is you listen to Jupiter Broadcasting content that that's actually a, a pretty good starting bar for a for a hiring and job site right there. So you put them there and then just see what jobs people who listen have available and see what jobs the people who listen need. You make them up. I've always thought that would be like I just. It's just so crazy that really smart people are just sitting out there that can't get work, and there's really smart people out there that need to have jobs done, and then we go through this inane, in, in, frustrating in, process. In their defense, right, devil's advocate, I can totally understand hiring kids out of college why you're doing this. Okay, all right. Because I've interviewed dozens of them, and oh my God, get your money back. Yeah. Like, have those loans discharged or whatever you need to do. But someone who can, again, show you a GitHub page, show you projects, say, go download this, um, 
do you need to do it? And even if you do, ask your one or two questions. You know, it's funny because I get I for years, right? And Chris, I'm sure this happens to you. You get the recruiters emailing you. I had to take my phone number off. Uh, and I used to post my resume. I had to take it off my resume because you'd get the blind phone calls, right? Just, yeah. just straight code calls. Yeah, and you'd just be sitting at your like current job, and your phone rings, and you're like, "Who the? Oh, it's a job recruiter." <laughs> I, 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 you know, and then like, and then when the job's bad, I'm like, I gotta take this, and I go talk to them, and I immediately regret it. Yeah, I've, I've been. Well, and you feel like, like I, in fact, I had one of those earlier, where it was like, oh, and this great company, and then I heard what they did, and I was like, uh. Yeah. 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 No, good tip. Take the phone number off the resume. Yeah, definitely take it off. Uh, Mr. Dominic, I have something that's an, I have another great tip for you. That's our friends <gasps> over at Digital Ocean. Now, this is a tip that I, I can stand by. I have for a while. I just set up a, uh, a Digital Ocean droplet over the weekend with uh, two gigabytes of RAM for my son Dylan, who um, for his birthday we gave him a Linux laptop that runs Minecraft. And then my wife said to me, "Well, I'd like to be able to play with him too." And I thought, "Now I need a Minecraft server." Like it went from here's your laptop with Minecraft to now Dad needs to build a Minecraft server. And I looked around. And I looked at all the different pricing for dedicated Minecraft servers. And when I saw what I wanted to do and had the capacity I wanted, it was a no-brainer to go with DigitalOcean. Because not only do I have control over this Minecraft server, but I'm going to get all the other benefits of DigitalOcean. So it is... Gr- wait, wait, wait. You don't know what those benefits are? Oh. Okay. Well, I'll tell you about DigitalOcean because they rock. DigitalOcean is a simple cloud hosting provider dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way to spin up your own cloud server. You get root access. You want to put a Minecraft server on that thing? I don't care. Put a GitLab server on that thing. Shoot, you can do it. And you get started in less than 55 seconds and pricing plans start at only $5 a month. $5 a month. That'll get you 512 megabytes of RAM. A 20 gigabyte SSD, one CPU, and a terabyte of transfer. And DigitalOcean has data center locations in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, London. Brand new one in Germany I'll tell you about here in just a second. But what I love, what I really love about DigitalOcean, aside from all of that, the value, and how fast it is to get started, and the fact that it's built on top of Linux and KVM SSDs throughout the entire infrastructure, tier one bandwidth at their data centers. Besides all of that, I love their control panel. It is so clean and simple, very intuitive. And you can replicate the functionality of their control panel, control panel with their ever-improving API. They just released version 2.0 of the DigitalOcean API, and it is slick. Everything you can do in that control panel, you can do in that API. Or maybe build beyond that. If you were like me, though, you'd probably just take advantage of a lot of the stuff the community has already created. Tons of great apps, resources, libraries you can use for your perfect and favorite and unbelievably incredible Rust language or Python or... Of course, maybe even something for an iOS or Android application. All kinds of great things already built out there for the community as well, for your desktops and your mobile devices. And then they have tons and tons and tons of grade A tutorials. Really good stuff edited by professionals. Available at DigitalOcean.com. So use our promo code, CoderDigital. That's how you support the Coder Radio program. That's how we do another 150 episodes is you use that promo code, CoderDigital, over DigitalOcean. That gets you a $10 credit. You can try out that $5 rig two months for free, no credit card required. You apply it to your account, CoderDigital, one word, lowercase. Go create your droplet. Apply CoderDigital to your account. Get the $10 credit. Go play with CoreOS. Containerization is pretty neat stuff. Go deploy your own GitLab, Ruby on Rails Docker. 
Tons of great apps. DigitalOcean.com, Coder Digital, when you want that $10 credit. And also, maybe considered firing up a droplet in their new German region. This is pretty nice. They've got 40 gigabit e networking on each hypervisor. They've got super fast, their fastest yet SSDs. And it's sitting on the right smack dab on the German Commercial Internet Exchange, the largest internet exchange point worldwide by peak traffic. Serves Germany's neighborhood countries with unparalleled connectivity and speeds. And you can be plugged in right there for $5 a month. And you can try it two months for free when you use the promo code Coder Digital. Thanks, DigitalOcean, for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. Now, Mr. Dominic, I got a very interesting bit of email from Daniel I wanted to read to you. Oh, no. Yes, yes. Daniel writes in, Hi there. I just wanted to start out by saying that I'm a new listener, but I already love the show, and I started into your archive of podcasts. I like the combination of a casual uh, but yet conversational format with topics and contents that are interesting and educational and career relevant. Well, thanks for the ego stroke, Daniel. There you go. Oh, yeah. But here's the cool part. This is why I pulled the email. While listening to the podcast, I came across your mention of the Open Your Mouth Recipes site. Uh, and I wondered if someone had made an iOS client app yet. I imagine this would allow users to browse, favorite, and print recipes in mobile-friendly UI. I ask because I'm interested in creating or contributing to one, which would, of course, be open source. Cheers, Daniel. Daniel, my friend, there is a web UI, but there is no dedicated iOS app. And as the summertime is approaching... And people could be looking to maybe barbecue out, and they need it. They have a smartphone with them, and they want to check the recipes. That could be very, very handy. Openyourmouth.recipes is still out there, too, if you want to contribute to it or look up some great recipes, recipes contributed by the community. Isn't that pretty cool? What do you think? Should uh, Daniel make us an Iowa? Would you, uh, do you uh, approve of such an action, Mr. Dominic? My name is Bill Clinton, and I approve of this measure. I approve. All right, we have one more from Lee. Working at customer support, dear Chris and Mike, I loved your discussion about the guy's blog post that left Apple. Mike mentioned how customer support jobs suck. Well, I'm writing this to say that they are great and why I think every developer should at least experience it for a couple of months. Now, I stopped right there. And I remember when I was working at uh, the bank that I worked at for a long time, I started in the help desk and then moved into the server area. <clears throat> And I really believe the series, the, the generation of techs that did that with me, the first generation of techs that started at the help desk and then graduated up to the servers, and then the next generation of techs they brought in, they just brought right in as server admins from other banks and just brought them right to the server admin role, and they had never been through the help desk. They did not have a, a very, good, very good way to inter interact with the customers or quote-unquote customers, really the end users, they, they, they really could not interact with them. They didn't know how to uh, translate, uh, you know, tech to, to user or user to tech. And they, they would, uh, like, during a slam, like when we had a major outage, they were completely useless on the phones. Uh, I mean, and I remember thinking, boy, I, I, to really be a good server administrator, it helps to actually have gone through the help desk. So he kind of has the same thing. He says, you train to be abused. Like, you can handle that pressure when people are mad at you. You have conversational techniques you pick up. You learn how your users think. That's a great one. You become great at explaining technical concepts in such a simplified way that the average Joe will understand. Another great one. Learn to say no. Sometimes the best way to help a person is telling them honestly something to do is something they're doing is not wise or technically possible. Overall, you must have these soft skills. I must mention that these apply mainly to technical support. Um, uh, I experienced the above by working at a web hosting company. Thanks for the show, Lee. 
Well, Lee, thank you for the great point. I think it does help, too, to have a little experience in customer support. Uh, I think it helps when you're making a product for them and all kinds of stuff all around. So I thought that was pretty good. Thank you, Lee. Mr. Dominic, is there any other uh, 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 topics you want to cover in your uh, interview topic? No, I think we're good. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to continue the investigation, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> the investigation continues well now. Uh, let's see, two episodes next week. We could open up the mumble room, too, for the second episode, although I was thinking we may have folks in town we might want to just bring in studio, too. So there could be a lot going on for the next two weeks. Sounds awesome. Yeah, that could be pretty wicked. Wicked. I have two links I'm going to toss in the show notes uh, for you guys. I haven't put them in there yet. Uh, I will uh, I will add them now. But it's one interview about how when people always said you can't sell that over the Internet. And then people have. Uh, oops. And one of them is this kind of like a look at Zappos and how people told Zappos right. they couldn't sell shoes. And now people have been telling Casper you can't sell mattresses over the Internet. But yet Casper seems to be doing pretty well selling mattresses over the Internet. So I don't really think it's worth covering in the show. But if people wanted a little extra material to read, uh, I think that is worth reading. And then there's one more story that I'll just mention highlight-wise, and I'll let you do further reading in the show notes. And you can always submit stories to the Coda Radio subreddit, codaradio.reddit.com. But this uh, is a, an article about how Google sold engineers on becoming managers. And it talks a little bit about a f- the first few years into the company's life. Larry Page and Sergey Brin actually wondered whether Google needed any managers at all. Yep. Yep. And in 2002, they experimented with completely with a completely flat organization, eliminating engineering managers in an effort to break down barriers to rapid idea development and replace, uh, replace and replicate a collegial environment they'd enjoyed in graduate school. But it only lasted a few months. They relented when too many people went directly to Page with questions about expense reports, interpersonal conflicts, and nitty gritty issues. And as the company grew, the founders soon realized that managers contribute in a way, in important ways. For instance, by communicating strategy, helping employees prioritize projects, facilitating collaboration, supporting career development, and ensuring that the process and systems aligned with company goals. Google now has uh, lawyers, but not as many as you might expect, with 37,000 employees. They, uh, uh, but uh, here you go. They have many layers. I'm sorry, not lawyers. Uh, 5,000 managers, 1,000 directors, and only 100 vice presidents. Only 100. 5,000 managers, 1,000 directors, and 100 vice presidents. That's pretty intense, but not so bad, I suppose. You think you could work at Google? No, not in a million years. Really? Yep. Well, what, what about Microsoft? Do you think you could work at Microsoft? Absolutely. Really? What about I, Apple? I, could you see yourself at Apple? No, I don't think so. What is it about Microsoft, then? Yeah, I think Microsoft is it's probably more they feel like they have a more reasonable culture, right? Definitely um, more well more mature. I, I was going to say that, but it seems like it's actually if anything probably changing more than it has in recent in recent years. So the issue I see with Google is they've designed it so you never go home. Yeah, and I don't like that. I don't like that. Home I, is a good I, place. Yeah, and Apple's a pressure cooker, right? And, and the thing is, if you're going to be a pressure cooker, why not work for yourself? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, not that you wouldn't have deadlines and pressure at a job, but that kind of pressure is, seems crazy. Yeah, I almost wonder if you'd be happier at a smaller company then. Yeah, so this is this, this is all part of this is also about like figuring out what is it that I would actually want to do. Um, I don't know if anybody who listens is hiring, and. Mm-hmm. 
likes people who hate Linux, call me. Very nice. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Going strong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's good. I think it's a good note to end on right there because uh, you know I I wouldn't want people to come across thinking that you were an open source advocate or, or nope. no no no. That's how we go. Uh, that's how we roll. Hello, everybody. I have no more to add to that, Mr. Dominic. I believe you have uh, said said enough. All right. Well, so next week should be fun. And uh, join us over the weekend. We'll be live Saturday and Sunday over JBLive.tv, streaming Linux Fest Northwest. And I'm sure Mr. Dominic will be stopping by on stream from time to time to say hello to all you lovely people. Mr. Dominic, is there anywhere you'd like to send people throughout the week? Just go to DominicM.com. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, Join us next week, live, Monday, jblive.tv, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And you can hang out in our chat. We might even open up the mumble room at some point. Or we might have folks in studio. Either way, it should be a pretty fun episode. We'll be recording two of them. It also means we want your feedback. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact and send that in. I said I picked a longer song to pull us out because we have a lot of information to go through. So go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact because we'll be reading twice the amount of emails next week. I saved a couple. Don't worry if you've sent them in. We have them, but we've banked them, like like three of them. So we're pretty short. Uh, and then also coderadio.reddit.com. Get good feedback going over there. And here's what I'd like to ask. If you see, like, uh, if a moment on the live stream... That would be great for discussion on the Coda Radio program during Linux Fest Northwest because we'll be interviewing developers. We'll be interviewing Mr. Dominic from time to time. So I would like, if, if anybody is a Coda Radio fan and watching these live events and could capture these moments and submit them to the subreddit, then I was thinking for our second episode on Monday, we could go through, or maybe our first episode. We should probably do it the first episode. Like that could be like our recap episode. And we could use some of those moments as like sort of like our, our, our talking points. Because we're going to be so wiped out, yeah. we're going to have no idea what happened. Oh, so yeah, it's going to be a blur. It's going to be a blur. So people, if they got together and organized on that subreddit and took some screenshots and things like that, or sent them into Coda Radio at JupiterBroadcasting.com, then when we do our recap episode, we could refer to those moments. That'd be really Oops. sweet. And uh, don't forget, get all your BSD jokes in, because Alan's going to be here, too. All right, everybody. Well, thank you very much for tuning this week's episode of Coda Radio. We hope to see you back here next week. Go grab an RSS feed so you get the show every single week. And have a good one. See you on the Pacific Zone. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. Oh, let's do this.